G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. If the kingdom of God came to the earth, it would change earth in these ways. Hi and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue in our Lord's Prayer series with Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. What does it mean for God's kingdom to come to earth? How would our world be different? So if heaven were to come to earth, if the kingdom of God became a reality, it would impact the sphere of economics and human need, and the sphere of politics will be greatly altered. And third and finally, the sphere of relationships is drastically improved. This is Today with Jeff Vines. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet out of the respect for the reading of God's Word. And since we're in the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to ask you to repeat it uh, with me like we did last week. So here we go. This is out of Matthew chapter 6 in response, of course, to the disciples' question, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And here's what he says, starting together. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right, you may be seated. Well, some of you like to have your own little translation there while we were doing that, didn't you? You kind of thought you knew it. The Lord's Prayer. Now, in order for me to be able to take you where we need to go this morning, I need your patience. I need your undivided attention because we're going to go back now and lay a foundation that we will probably do three, four times in any given year so that we can make sure we interpret what Jesus is attempting to teach us concerning the Lord's prayer or prayer. We can interpret that on the basis of what we already know right back to the beginning. Okay. Now you've heard this before. Some of you. If you have heard it before, I'm hoping that I say it enough to where you start to memorize it. If you've never heard it before, I'm going to try to explain it well enough to so you can start memorizing it. But somewhere back in the beginning, we don't know exactly where, God made a decision where he's going to create you and me. Now, I don't know how that happens. I don't know where he was when he made the decision since he hadn't created the heavens and the earth and the sun, the moon, the stars and the galaxy, but he decided I am going to create men and women. Now, it's important to know that God does not make this decision because he's lonely. God is a triune God. His very name in Hebrew, Elohim, is a plural word because we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is a diversity, but there is unity in the diversity. So God is not lonely. He doesn't need someone with whom to communicate or commune. He does so, that is, create you and me out of a desire to want to share his love with more 
than just the Trinity. Now, that's important to know. And by the way, the reason you have a hunger and a desire for relationship and for community is because the Bible tells you that you've been created in the image of God. Therefore, you have some of the same desires that God has. Not need. For us, it's need and want. But God, it's a desire. After all, the Bible does say God is love. The very essence of the nature of God is love. He seeks to show and express that love. Now, here's the problem. As soon as God decided that he was going to create you and me and that love would be the motivation of creation, that you could love him, he could love you. At that moment, he was bound over to giving you and me free will. Remember? Because love cannot be manipulated or coerced and love cannot be forced. You can force people to do a lot of things, but you cannot force them to love you. So in order for this love relationship to occur in God's creation scenario, he has to give you and me freedom. The only problem with that is if he gives us freedom, some of us are going to use our freedom. In fact, many not to pursue a loving relationship with God, but instead to pursue our love for ourself and our selfish agenda and our self aggrandizement, right? Now, people say to me, well, why did God create a world full of evil? Now, hold on a minute. God could remove all of the evil in the world. But if he did that, he would have to remove all the free will in the world. And if he removes all the free will in the world, then love is not possible between the creator and the creature. And that's the very reason the world was created in the first place. So he opens the door to the evil by giving us freedom. But that is not the last word. People look at tsunamis and earthquakes in China and all the children that have died and they immediately say, where is God? Why does he allow this to happen? But in your mind, it's the end. But in God's mind, it's the beginning because scripture teaches us that the last waking moment of a child who dies, the next waking moment rather after death is being pulled up by God, the father into heaven into a life of eternity. But here's the deal. Even though these times of pain and suffering happen in our planet on our earth, It is not the final word. And the Bible writers write a lot about a place where God is going to bring everything to restoration. Because remember, whatever God allows us to happen here, to us here, he's able to more than recover in the life to come. That's what 1 Corinthians 15 is all about. The former life that you had here on the earth is nowhere near comparing to what you will have in the later life that God provides. So whatever God allows here, he can more than make up for in eternity. That place, the Old Testament writers refer to as the kingdom of God, as the kingdom of heaven. Now, if we're going to pray in the Lord's prayer, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It would be good if we understood what the kingdom of God actually is. And so the Old Testament writers try to explain this to us. And they use the analogy that Here's how we're going to help you understand what the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, they're used interchangeably, is all about. And they start like this. If the kingdom of God came to the earth, it would change earth in these ways. Number one, the sphere of economics and human need. Revelation chapter 7 verse 16, the sphere of economics and human need. Revelation 7 says there shall neither hunger or they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In other words, if the kingdom of God were to become a reality on our planet, on this earth, 
then the sphere of economics and human need would be changed to the point there would be no hunger, absolutely no hunger, no one would thirst again, and we would all be cared for every moment of every day. As a matter of fact, the prophet Amos echoed the same sentiments in Amos chapter 9 when he says, the days are coming when the one who plows will be overtaken by the one who reaps, and when new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. In other words, this is a metaphor of abundance. There will be such bounty. If the kingdom of God were to become a reality on planet earth, then there would be such an abundance that the reaper who is reaping the crops and the abundance that God has provided would have so much to do that he would not be able to complete reaping the task until the plower started to plow again for the new crop to be sown. And he also says new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from the hills. Now this is not Chardonnay dropping off Mount Baldy. It's just an image of bounty and provision. Now look up just for a moment. I thought about this as I was writing the message and trying to understand how the Bible writers talk about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And I remembered I had that opportunity to return to Zimbabwe after being gone for 15 years. Those of you who are new and don't know me, uh, my wife and I did ministry in Zimbabwe, Africa in the late 80s and early 90s. I went to a village called Mondaro. And Denver Jizanga, the young man that we had trained to take our position when we left and came back to the States, told the village that we were coming. So many of, those, those, uh, many of the adults there would remember me from 15 years before. And we entered the village of Mondaro and we saw all the hunger. Robert Mugabe is ravaging this country. The children are starving. The adults are starving. And they walk for miles and miles to be part of a worship service. Well, I will preach and teach and then we will sing and worship. Doing this all the while with smiles on their faces when most of them have nothing. When most of them are hungry and desperately needing food. And we've made a plan to have a big sudza or milli meal, which is the main staple food of Zimbabwe that's extremely cheap. It's like a cornmeal mush, but they can't even get that now because of such poverty and devastation because of Robert Mugabe. And we came into the village and we gathered all the 300 plus children it, just in the surrounding areas, in rooms and outside in the field. And we asked them to raise their hand if they had eaten in the last 24 hours. Out of the 356 kids, about 10 raised their hands. We asked how many had not eaten in the last 48, another 20, 30 kids. And when we asked how many of you have not eaten in three days, most of the kids raised their hands. The guy that I was traveling with, Mark Hall, couldn't stand to see it, so he went outside. And I said, what's wrong, brother? He said, Jeff, I can't watch that. I said, man, you got to force yourself. you got to make yourself look at what's going on here. And there was this lady standing over in the doorway with a chitangi tied around her body and her child clutching her back, being held in position by this tie or this chitangi. And she had that look on her face and her lips were crusty. You could tell that she hadn't eaten for days. And the look on her face was desperate. Maybe these Americans are in our village. Maybe there will be food here. Maybe I can find food to survive just for a few more days and food to keep my child alive. As I'm writing this message about how if the kingdom of God were to touch the earth, the kingdom of heaven became a reality on our earth where we live. I thought about and I dreamt about the sphere of economics and human need and how it would be changed. There'd be no more hunger that would be eliminated. No more children in Africa with swollen bellies. No scarcity. No mothers trying desperately to find food for themselves and for their children. 
And then I started to think about what exactly would change if the kingdom of God became a reality on this earth. Would it be that there would be more food? And then I remember reading something by Lee Strobel in his book, The Case for Faith, where he says, people look at famine and wonder where God is, but the world produces enough food for each person to have 3,000 calories a day. It is our own irresponsibility and self-centeredness that prevents people from getting fed. And as I read that, I thought about what Robert Mugabe was doing. Zimbabwe has enough rain and fertile soil that they can have two growing seasons within 12 months and they can harvest enough in that growing season to feed the people in their country for 10 years in just one year. But Robert Mugabe takes the food and he sells it for foreign exchange and currency and pads his Swiss bank account while all the little children are starving and dying in need of food. And God has provided... And what would happen or what would change them? Maybe men and governments. Maybe if the kingdom of heaven were to come to earth, that governments would do what is right. That they would care about the majority rather than the few or the minority. That people's needs would be met. And maybe, just maybe, in the course of all of this, if heaven were to touch the earth, that there'd be no more banks closing down, no more home foreclosure. And the single moms who were trying desperately to make it in the world, somehow they would make it. And children in Africa would have their own bedroom that would be carpeted and they'd have their own private bath and their parents would have a job and they would love what they do. That would be what would happen if the kingdom of God were to become a reality on the earth. But according to the Old Testament, according to the Old Testament, it doesn't stop there. It's not only the sphere of economics and human need, but it's the sphere of politics that also would be altered. Because if you're honest with yourself, you know that our history is a human history of absolute conflict. But if the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven were to touch the earth, then we're told in Isaiah chapter 2, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. No more fighting, no more screaming, no more yelling, no more bombing, no more hating, no more killing, no more death. That the kingdom of God were to become a reality on this earth. Peace would be the rule, not the exception. And one man writes, ballistic missile silos will be converted into training tanks for inner city kids to learn scuba diving. Isaiah chapter 11 says, if the kingdom of God were to become a reality on the earth, that the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and a little child shall lead them, that there will be peace between man and man, man and animal. Everyone will live in total peace and total unity. And total harmony. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we're hearing about what our world would look like if we lived as God intended, in Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Now I have my own version of this. I've written my own version. What would it be like if the kingdom of, kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven touched the earth? Then the lion will indeed lay down with the lamb, and the snake will not bite the dog. <laughs> You're a little closer. The dog will make peace with the rabbit and the house cat shall be no more. Okay, sorry those of you who love cats. In fact, the Bible writers talk about the fact that all fear will be gone. Revelation chapter 21. On no day will its gates be shut for there will be no more night there. Now remember, night in biblical times represents vulnerability and fear. It's that time of day or night that bad things can happen. So I'm at Starbucks down on Barranca this past Wednesday 
I often go there on Wednesday to write my rough draft of the sermon that I will deliver on the weekend. I'm seated there, and right as I get to the point in the message, right here, where I need some kind of illustration to solidify the point I'm trying to make, I overhear in the next table two accents of which I'm extremely familiar. One is a Zimbabwean accent, the other is a South African accent. Two businessmen coming together for coffee at Starbucks. And I'm listening. Now, let me just say something. Uh, eavesdropping is wrong unless you're preparing for a sermon. Then, <laughs> then you're allowed to listen. So I'm listening when I recognize the accents. And it was, was one of the saddest conversations I think I've ever heard. As two men talk about how much they miss their homes in South Africa and Zimbabwe, and they miss their farmland. So many of these men and women leave a country like that wealthy, but they come here poor because their money's worth nothing in American currency. And so they may leave owning all kinds of land and businesses and houses, but by the time they transfer it over and try to start anew, even though they're grateful for America inviting them in to start a new life, they start very poor. And they talk about how they miss their extended family and their farms and their homes, and one thing after the next. And they started talking about how it just got to the point where it was too hard, that the fear was great. They would pull their car, one told a story, of pulling his car up to the gate at night. And as he got out, he was, he was ambushed and his car was hijacked. And that taught him the lesson that, you know what, if I don't get out of here now, they'll move beyond my car into my house and start murdering and killing my children, which is what's happening in South Africa and Zimbabwe as there is this sense of lawlessness. I felt so bad for them. And one of them finally clinched it when he said, you know, it finally happened that my love for my country was surpassed by fear for my life. But the Bible says if the kingdom of God is able to touch the earth, if heaven comes to the earth, he says on no day will its gates be shut for there will be no more night there. No reason to fear. No need for security systems. Just love and peace and harmony with God. Security that someone is watching over you. So if heaven were to come to earth, if the kingdom of God became a reality, it would impact the sphere of economics and human need, and the sphere of politics will be greatly altered. And third and finally, the sphere of relationships is drastically improved. In Luke chapter 1 verse 17 we read, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. In other words, if the kingdom of God became a reality on this earth, Dane Johnson would be out of a job. Why? There would be no need for men's fraternity. No need to talk to men about how they need to be real men in their families and communities and love their wife and be faithful to their wife. And affairs would end. Families would be perfect. No more separations. No more divorces. No more affairs. No more neglect. No more abuse. No more unloved, unwanted children. Families would come together. They would be strong. If the kingdom of God were to touch the earth, fathers would be men, real men of courage. And they would love their wife. And they would honor her. And the wife would honor him and respect him. And there would be unity even among the diversity. And I, I, I picture family staying awake late at night trying to figure out how they can serve one another. I picture, I picture older, older sisters uh, thinking about ways that they can give the larger piece of cake to their younger brother. That life changes for us because the kingdom of God has impacted the kingdom of the earth. And husbands love their wives. And wives feel honored. Children are safe, sound, and secure. And because of all this, the Bible says there would be this unending sense of worship 
where even the trees in the field will clap their hands. Now, who in the room does not look forward to that day coming? The kingdom of God becoming a reality on the earth. But here's where it gets confusing. Because when Jesus comes on the scene and he starts talking about the kingdom of God, he talks about like it's in the present, like it's not something that we're waiting for, like it's in the here and now. He uses present tense language. He says, you're not waiting for the kingdom of God to touch the earth in some future kingdom. It's here right now in the present. It all starts in Mark chapter one. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to know that when Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, he's saying it's available now. It's possible now in ways that you never hoped for, in ways that you never dreamed of. The kingdom of God can be a reality right now. Heaven can touch the earth. This is Today with Jeff Vines. We'll have to leave it there for today, but next time we'll continue to explore how our world would differ if the kingdom of heaven came to earth. In thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your kingdom come, that's the what. But how? How can your kingdom be done? How can your kingdom come when you and I start doing the will of God on the earth because it's already done in heaven? Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.